What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. The media is following a predictable narrative after the white supremacist shooter killed 10 people in Buffalo, New York. And will Kathy Barnett go the distance in the Pennsylvania Senate Republican primary against Dr. Oz and Dave McCormick? I will give you my take on this on this episode of Can't Cancel Rob Smith. So even though I try to stay off of social media on the weekend, obviously uh, there was an absolute tragedy that happened over the weekend. And this was a white supremacist mass shooter went into a Topps grocery store in Buffalo, New York, this is upstate New York, and shot and killed 10 people and wounded three more. Most of these victims were black. This person had a manifesto online. He was an absolute racist, an absolute white supremacist. The motive of this shooting was racial hatred. This killer wanted to kill black people. Right. So this was an act of of racial hatred, full stop. Um, and, and I don't think that this is something that we can shy away from. I don't think that that's something that we we sort of gloss over. Now, as soon as I saw this story come out, it, it's just like my heart sunk. First of all, my heart sunk because it's such an awful, horrific story. And my heart breaks for all of the families of the people that were shot and killed. I actually have a friend that lives in Buffalo, New York, and some of the students that she teaches were connected to some of these people that were victims of this racist, sort of racist white supremacist um, attacker, right? So this is absolutely awful. And when I heard about this story, my heart dropped for a lot of different reasons. First of all, it's because it's so awful. Second of all, is because before I knew um, that this was white supremacist, before I knew that this was a racially motivated hate crime, I thought to myself that this is going to go one of two ways. Either this killer is going to be a white supremacist and we're going to be treated to an entire uh, media, uh, we're going to be, in, we're going to be treated to an entire media mailstorm of this is Fox News's fault, um, this is racist white supremacy, this is the Republicans' fault, this is the GOP, et cetera, et cetera. I knew that if the shooter was white and a white supremacist, I knew this would happen. 
On the flip side of the coin, I knew that if this shooter was not white, if this was a black person, if this was a tiny, if this was anybody that was not white, I knew that this is something that would just fall to the wayside and be completely memory hold immediately. I knew this. And this is the unfortunate thing about this media uh, ecosystem that we live in. And, and Glenn Greenwald, who I'm always talking about here, who I, who I absolutely love, he tweeted something to the effect of he was talking about the shooting that happened in the church, right? There was another shooting that happened in a church in California. Um, that shooter was a Chinese, I, I believe a Chinese man who was racist against Taiwanese immigrants, something like that. And literally what Glenn Greenwald tweeted about this, he was like, yeah, boring. Nobody's going to be able to use this to push any agenda. So we're not going to hear about all of this stuff, right? And, and so, like I said, I knew that as soon as this shooter was revealed to be a white supremacist, as soon as this, this attack was, was revealed to be uh, based in racial hatred, I knew exactly what the, uh, the media moment would look like, unfortunately. And... This clip I'm going to play for you. This is Ana Navarro on The View. This encapsulates this encapsulates everything that you hear from all of these commentators the second something like this happens. I literally don't even need to play any, any of the rest of them because you're going to get some version of this about a million times over on the networks this week. When I, when I heard this news on Saturday, it brought me back to that day in 2019 when another white supremacist, domestic terrorist, racist piece of crap drove hours and hours and hours to go hunt down Latinos in a Walmart mm -hmm. and killed 23 people. And it's absolutely the same thing replaying itself over and over again in places that are supposed to be safe, in places where we all go. Now we can't go to the supermarket. We can't go to a theater. No. We can't go to a Walmart. We can't go to church. And so listen, I, you know, I, I think it's time to name names and point fingers. Yes, yeah. Tucker Carlson mentioned the Great Replacement Theory yeah. or some version of that mm -hmm. more than 400 times yeah. on his show yeah. since 2016, according to the New York Times. Elise Stefanik bought ads in, on Facebook. And it's not just them. It's other hosts of Fox News. Mm -hmm. It's other Republican leaders. And they yeah. need to be called out. And listen, if you are an advertiser, advertising on that station, you are part of the problem. If you sit on the board and are trying to be a civilized person, Paul Ryan, my friend, I'm talking to you, you are part of the problem. Yep. If you're a Republican donor tweeting about how bad you feel about this, but you're donating to people like Elise Stefanik, you are part of the problem. Yeah. If you are a staffer working for them, you are part of the problem. If you are voting for them, you are part of the problem. So that is, like I said, Anna Navarro on The View playing the role that she loves to play, which is the... I don't even know if she's a conservative anymore, but I guess like she's a token conservative. And the only thing that she does um, is basically talk about how racist Republicans and conservatives are. But like I said, this is so obvious. Um, and, and I wanted to talk about something as well. So there is this idea. So first of all, if you never heard of replacement, the replacement theory, you're going to hear a lot about that on the networks this week. The replacement theory is basically um, a, a racist theory that uh, Americans, particularly white Americans, are basically being replaced by illegal immigrants, right? And this is what I hate about this stuff. They want to conflate any conversation that anybody of any color, by the way, has about massive unchecked illegal immigration into this country. 
They want to make that conversation racist. They want to make that conversation verboten. And they want to connect that to this sort of white supremacist uh, replacement theory that was a part of this shooter's manifesto. And yet, and, and here's the thing. And that is what I don't like about this. I think it's disingenuous. I think that for somebody like Ana Navarro, she revels in playing this role because when she she gets very uncomfortable when she actually has to defend conservative values. I don't know what conservative values that she holds at this point anymore. What I do know is that she is always calling out you know Republicans and Fox News. But here's the thing. Who has any idea whether Fox News had anything to do with the motivations of this person? Um, This person did not have Fox News or anything like that in the manifesto. This person was on the FBI's radar for making these sorts of terroristic threats over and over and over again. And I think that what we do, and this is why I've literally turned down um, cable news segments talking about this because... Number one, I I don't want to distill my thoughts on this into a three-minute segment. Um, Number two, I'm certainly not going to be battling with some liberal uh, about, you know, why, you know, this isn't racist or what is racist, whatever. It's boring. But we get into this same conversation every single time. Republicans are bad. Conservatives are bad. This is why this happened. Um, Talking about illegal immigration is racist, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing. You never hear this much press coverage about these kinds of events when they're on the other side, when things like this and attacks like this are committed by Black Americans. You never hear about that. And I'm going to tell you exactly why you never hear about stuff like that after the break. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety. And it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, welcome back, folks. So we're still talking about the uh, white supremacist shooter that killed, that shot and killed 10 people in Buffalo, New York, injured three more. The majority of the victims are black Americans. It was an act of racial hatred. And in the last segment, I talked a lot about how the media response to these tragedies is, is all so obvious. It's the same stuff that happens over and over again. And I mentioned before, before the break that this conversation does not happen to this level in our mainstream media, in our public discourse, when this happens with a Black protagonist. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples because I, you know, I brought receipts. Now, you may remember um, when a Black guy last Christmas in Waukesha, Wisconsin, drove an SUV into a Christmas parade, killing multiple people in this, in, this, in this Christmas parade. And so this guy was a guy by the name of Daryl Brooks. He killed six people, including an eight-year-old boy, and he injured um, around 60 others. This is from the New York Post. 
And if you remember correctly, if you if you remember anything about that, and I remember when I read when I heard about this attack, I thought the same thing. It's the same thing that I hear that I think every time I hear about an attack like this. If this is a white guy, we're gonna hear nothing, we're gonna hear about nothing else for the next week at least. If this is a black guy, it's gonna completely disappear. And yet it completely disappeared. People don't know this man's name. People forgot that it even happened. It did not get wall-to-wall coverage in the mainstream media. And not only did the entire terrorist attack not get uh, wall-to-wall coverage in the mainstream media when this black man killed six people, um, this was somebody who had also, on his Facebook page, praised Hitler backed BLM and called for violence against white people. And this is what he said on 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 Facebook. So when we start back knocking white people TF out, I want to hear it. The old white people to knock them TF out, period. This is what he wrote. And so there was never um Anna Navarro was never hemming and hawing on the view about how BLM was responsible for this. You know, nobody talks about how sort of this anti-white stuff is responsible when that man does this stuff. Uh, You know, and it was the same thing Uh, a couple of years ago. Remember, Congressman Steve Scalise was shot by a lunatic at a congressional baseball game. This was in 2017. This wasn't a black guy. This is a white guy that was a leftist. This is a white guy that brought up Rachel Maddow in his manifesto. And so this is a deranged lunatic that was motivated by leftism. And you did not hear any of that stuff, right? You didn't hear Honor Navarro him and Hawn on The View. You didn't hear CNN talking about this stuff ad nauseum. You didn't hear um, pundits on MSNBC talking about racism. You did not hear these things. And the point that I'm trying to make here, and not to trivialize what happened in Buffalo and, and not to... Definitely, um, and certainly not to make any excuses for it or, or anything like that, but you have to be cognizant of the agendas that are going on here. So who has an agenda to give this awful, awful attack the biggest amount of publicity ever? Who has an agenda to do that? The person, the people who have that agenda are the people on the left. Because remember, they spend all the time in the world telling you that Republicans are racist, that conservatives are racist, that if you talk about unchecked mass illegal immigration, no matter what the color of your skin is, that you are racist. And yet, their answer is always the only people that are going to save you from these evil racist Republicans, the only people that are going to save you from the white supremacists that want to shoot and kill you either at the grocery store or whatever are Democrats. So this is all about giving Democrats more power, number one, by underlining the idea that anybody that does not vote to keep Democrats in power is by definition, a racist or a white supremacist, potentially violent, uh, potentially radicalized. But it's also this idea that Democrats will keep you safe. And if you notice, the craziest thing about this entire situation is that this stuff seems to happen more when Democrats are in power. So it seems like their solution to all of this stuff is always to give them more power. 
And so again, I want to be very sensitive about everything that is going on here. I do not want to trivialize this. And I'm certainly not making excuses for white supremacists, and I'm certainly not making excuses um, for racial hatred, and I'm certainly not making excuses for a mass shooting that was committed in the name of this. But you have to think about the motivations behind the people who so thoroughly want you to believe that, number one, people like Tucker Carlson and Fox News are connected to this when they were not mentioned in any capacity. And that number two, your friends and neighbors who may have voted for Republicans, who may have voted conservative, are somehow connected to this. Now, Anavaro brought up Elise Stefanik, who I think is one of the most, I think Elise Stefanik is a rhino, right? I, I think that she's not America first. She's certainly not ultra MAGA or anything that she's claiming to be right now. She voted for amnesty. Uh, she voted against the border wall. She is the prototypical Republican congresswoman who wants to be respected and loved by the left. And what she does not realize is that the only way to be respected and loved by the left, if you are a conservative, is to, is to become Ana Navarro, is to become somebody who backs down from any sort of conservative beliefs you've ever had or, or ever held when it becomes convenient to use you to bash the Republican Party. And so that's what we're dealing with here. What happened in Buffalo is an absolute tragedy. What happened in Buffalo is a product of, number one, a, a person that is obviously very mentally unstable. And my sort of conspiracy theorist spidey tent starts tingling here when we realize that these shooters always seem to be on the FBI's radar for so long. But yet, the FBI and the powers that be never do anything about them. They never follow up on, on any of the red flags. They never do any of these things until it's too late. And by the way, this is in Buffalo, New York. New York has some of the most stringent, quote-unquote, gun control laws in the country. And that's what we're dealing with here. So my point in all of this in, in sort of breaking this down, because I look at everything from a media standpoint, right? You have to be very cognizant of how your emotions and how your feelings and how the heart that you have and that I have as somebody that makes there is no body on any side of the political aisle whose heart does not bleed for these people in their families. That is a non-negotiable. But the unfortunate thing is, is that you have to be so aware of the heart that you have and the compassion that you have and the empathy that you have being exploited by people who do not care about these people don't care about black people. These people do not care about white people. These people care about nothing but power. And these people will use every tragedy that comes about in American society. They will use it. They will exploit it to their own ends because you have to understand when it comes to the left, their ends are always power. 
They will use you. They will use me. They will use dead bodies on the street. They will do anything they have to do in order to get and to maintain power. And if it comes to what the like what they're doing right now is saying that anyone who talks about massive unchecked illegal immigration into this country that is happening in droves right now by the way while they want you and me to be arguing about race and racism again we have a border crisis that is going out of control there's a crisis going on at this border that is going to fundamentally change this country that is not replacement theory crap that is the absolute truth if it's not gotten under control. And this is what they either do not want you to be talking about, do not want you to be discussing rationally, or they want to smear every single conversation about that as racist, white supremacist, whatever, because this is what these people do. So I'm going to be praying for the people that were lost in Buffalo, praying for their families. Praying that we as a country can find a way to speak openly and honestly about not only these things, but to also speak about the unchecked illegal immigration issue that we have in this country that, that will continue to destroy the economy and that will fundamentally transform who we are as Americans. That is not a racist trope. That is not a white supremacist trope. It's not a trope. It is just the reality. So when something like this Buffalo terrorist attack, and again, I will say it over and over again, this was a terrorist attack that was committed. It was an act of racial hatred against black Americans. And that is what it is. And there's no sugarcoating that. But until we can have a conversation about that without going back to the usual tropes that always seem to end up in this circular logic where Democrats need more power in order to protect you from racist Republicans, then we're never going to get anywhere as a society. And I promise you, that is exactly what these people want. So Kathy Barnett is a name that you may not have heard of, but she is absolutely surging in the hotly contested race for the Pennsylvania Republican nomination for the Senate seat. I'm going to break all of that down for you after the break. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. There is a Senate race in Pennsylvania that is getting a whole lot of attention right now. And it's very interesting that it's getting this much attention because usually uh, GOP primaries do not get this much attention, but this one is is getting more attention than most. This is a three-way race between Dr. Oz. We all know Dr. Oz. He's been on our TVs for uh, the better part of a decade, probably closer to 20 years at, at this point. 
Um, so it's between Dr. Oz, a man named Dave McCormick, who apparently I don't know very much about him. Apparently, this was a uh, a, a money guy who's very folksy. A lot of people in Pennsylvania like him, and also a woman named Kathy Barnett. Let me tell you about Kathy Barnett. I have met Kathy Barnett a couple of times. Before the pandemic in 2019, um, Kathy and I did a couple of Fox segments together. We, I, I was doing Fox and Friends a lot in, uh, in 2019. Um, and I got a chance to meet uh, Kathy Barnett, I believe, and do not quote me on this, but I believe um, that she may have been running for Congress at this point. She was running for something before. And um, she's a Black conservative woman, very, um, very welcoming. Very charismatic, very outgoing, very kind to me. We talked about a lot of different things. We were on a veterans panel before. Both of us are veterans. And I didn't really think very much of her. The pandemic happened. All this stuff happened. Then all of a sudden, I find out that not only is she running for Congress, she's running for Senate in Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz, against Ava Cormick. She is actually surging in the polls. She is doing very, very well. She is somebody that has literally just come out of nowhere And she's got a lot of these people very, very mad. As I said on Twitter a couple of days ago, it seemed like the uh, bombs that are being thrown at her are unnecessarily nasty. I think I said this on Twitter. Now, Dr. Oz got the Trump endorsement, of course. So the Trump endorsement is very powerful. I am not entirely sure that it's as powerful as... Um, some of the hardcore Trump loyalist crowd would like for it to be. I don't know if it's as important as it used to be anymore, but it is important for the hardcore Trump loyalist crowd to seem as if that endorsement is the most important thing a candidate can get. So they came out in full force when it turns out that Kathy Barnett was getting a lot of attention in this race. There was a lot of bombs thrown at her from things that she was saying about Muslims on Twitter 10 years ago to, you know, did she really serve? Where's her DD-214? All of this other stuff. And I got to tell you, so she got called to the carpet about these tweets on Fox News. And I want you to listen to this. I do not know if this was the best moment for her, but I want you to listen to her response to this. So let me ask you about social media posts, because um, you've said some of these are taken out of context. Uh, I want to give you a chance to respond to them then. A tweet in 2014, you said, if you love freedom, Islam must not be allowed to thrive under any condition. Um, You've got tweets about former President Obama. One of them in 2016 says, Obama is a Muslim doing Muslim-like things. He has said that he is not. He is a practicing Christian. So any context then for those particular tweets? Yeah, let me just say in almost all of those tweets, uh, you know, especially when you look at the time frame we were living in at that particular time, we had uh, the Obama administration bringing in a lot of Syrian refugees at that time. Uh, I was watching uh, the former uh, FBI director, James Comey, testify, I believe, in front of the Senate saying we can vet until the cows come home and we won't know who these people are. And yet Obama at the time was telling the American people, don't worry about 
about it. We're going to vet everyone. And what we were watching as Americans was very unnerving. And I'm sure the people will remember that. We were looking at the Pulse nightclub shooting. We were watching people take vehicles, weaponize them, and run people down in the street. We were looking at the San Bernardino shooting. We were looking at some very unnerving things that, as Americans, we thought would never happen here. And at that time, I was hosting a show called Truth Exchange, and I would have all kinds of ideas and was leaning into um, helping the public begin to have those conversations. And so those were some of the, that's the context around a lot of those tweets. The overwhelming majority of the tweets that are now being presented are not even full thoughts. They're not even full sentences. And yet people take it and they begin to build their own, 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 own narrative around it. Okay, so look, that was a bunch of word soup. All right, uh, <laughs> let, let, let's just keep it real. Um, that was a bunch of word soup and that was a lot of flip-flopping. But I, it, I and I think look, and also by the way, she has been um, so NBC News verified a couple of photos of her marching on January sixth, and they're saying that she was marching with the Proud Boys. People don't know if people in that photo with her and Proud Boys. She was there. Uh, the last time I checked, that there's no law against uh, marching in Washington, D.C. She wasn't breaking down the Capitol. She wasn't inside the Capitol. She was just there. A lot of people were there on January 6th. So I don't think that that's particularly disqualifying. And I don't, honestly, I do not think that the tweets are particularly disqualifying. Um, I, I think that, first of all, they're stupid. And when you are, this is what I think. I think, and, and she talks about the fact that she was hosting a show at the time. I think that no matter what you're doing, whether you're hosting a show, whether you're tweeting, whether if you're trying to have any sort of public persona, I don't want to say you should be watching what you tweet or watch what you say, but make sure that there is, make sure that everything that you put out there has context and there's like, there's full thoughts to it. I don't really know if Obama is a Muslim and is doing Muslim-like things. Like, I don't really know that there's any sort of explaining of that. She may as well just fall on the sword and apologize for that. I think that there's an argument to be made um, to never parse your speech when it comes to radical Islam, when it comes to how radical Islam is used to radicalize people in order to commit terrorist attacks against Americans, which we did see a lot during that era, and she did bring that up. She brought up the Pulse Orlando terrorist attack. She brought up other terrorist attacks, and you should never bite or hold your tongue when it comes to that. Absolutely not. But as far as the other stuff, um, she needs to just probably apologize and get over it. And there was a point that that anchor, that was Shannon Bream on Fox, there's a point that she made a little bit later on in that segment, I wasn't going to, it was like a six minute segment. I wasn't going to play, play, uh, pay, play all of that. But the point is, is that this Democrat, whatever Democrat gets the nomination is going to go hard against her. He's going to bring this stuff up. What I will say is that as a black female candidate, it is going to be a lot harder to make the racism or Islamophobic or all of that stuff, it's just harder to make stuff like that stick when there is a black candidate because it's very easy to 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 throw that stuff out there um at, at white candidates to make that stuff stick. It's uh it, it's not hard to do. It's not a hard thing to do at all. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot harder to make that stick with her. Um is she ready for this? I do not know. Um, is Dr. Oz the guy? If you ask me, no. Dr. Oz, I believe, is not even a Republican. 
I think that he's just pretending to be a Republican. I think that with the Trump endorsement, and I think that a lot of Trump world people really need to get over how much they worship um, entertainment industry figures and celebrities. Because celebrity worship and throwing out endorsements just because somebody's a celebrity and you think that people are going to show up for that, um, I don't know that that is the right way to go. And as far as this Dave McCormick guy, this guy may just be the one that just comes in the middle and just puts the vote. Look, Dr. Oz and Kathy Barnett are both polarizing and controversial for a lot of different reasons, right? So Dave McCormick may just be the guy that sort of comes up in the middle, snags a nomination. But what I will say is that this is a, a very important seat for Republicans if Republicans are going to take back the House and the Senate. Um, can Kathy Barnett go the distance? I do not know. I know that she is compelling as somebody that's a black woman conservative, as somebody that is also a veteran, as somebody that is that is very well-spoken. I think that she has star potential. Um, obviously, uh, her answering the question the way that she did tells me that she needs a little bit more work, but we're just going to have to wait and see uh, about what happens. And that is actually going to be that primary. This episode drops on a Tuesday. So that primary is today. So we're just going to have to see what happens with Kathy Barnett, Dr. Oz, and old Dave McCormick in uh, Pennsylvania. All right, Problematics, thank you so much for listening. If you like Can't Cancel Rob Smith, please download and subscribe and also rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. We can definitely use all the help. We are independent. If you like me, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. Thank you so much for listening and please join me again for Can't Cancel Rob Smith. You can download and subscribe every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts.